Hello again, citizens of the Reject Nation. It's your boy, Jonald, flying solo out here once more. Uh, just left the premiere of Disney Animation's latest feature, Wish, commemorating 100 years of the studio, which is pretty crazy to think about. Leave a like for longevity. Leave a like for 100 years of Disney. Before we hop into this, just real quick, uh, much like with the creator, I'm going to give you my initial thoughts here while they're fresh in my mind, and then we are going to catapult forward a couple days into the future where I'll be lucky enough to speak with both the directors as well as a couple of the producers behind Wish, get their thoughts and perspectives on the process and see if any of my takeaways are in any way relevant to what they had in mind. And then you can take all of that and throw it away and just go watch the movie and, and form your own opinion. And, uh, and that is what I wish for all of you. Anyway, what is Wish about? And how is the movie? Wish tells the story of Asha, a sharp-witted idealist who discovers that the kingdom of Rosas, in which she lives, and its seemingly benevolent ruler, King Magnifico, are not as they seem. In a moment of desperation, Asha makes a wish so powerful that it is answered by a cosmic force, and together they must confront the king and save Rosas. I just taught myself how to roll the R's, so you're just gonna have to put up with me for this one. Anyway, Anyway, that's the basic gist. And I gotta say, you know, like, I went into this with pretty reasonable expectations. I mean, obviously this isn't aimed directly at me, but I really enjoy the tradition of Disney animated musical movies and whatnot. I love the art form in general. The trailers for this I found to be pretty forgettable, but given the circumstances, the centennial, all that stuff, I was excited to see what they would bring to the table. And, you know, this for me was one of those experiences where, like, a quarter or a third of the way into the movie, you sort of catch yourself and you're like, oh man, I'm really getting into this. And, uh, by the end, you know, I was pretty much all in. This is definitely looking to embody and homage the quintessential elements that make and have made these Disney animated movies what they are for, you know, so many years now. A century! First and foremost through its animation style, which brings a pretty interesting blend of 2D and 3D inspired traditions. There's so many gorgeous watercolor backdrops, pencil sketch interludes, things that blend CG with more photorealistic elements, and it all came together into something that, you know, felt accumulative of so much time and innovation. And I found the tradition of musicals this exists in pretty lovely as well. It always takes time and repeat viewings for songs to find their place or not among the pantheon of classics. But I found the songs by Julia Michaels and Benjamin Rice to be largely catchy and entertaining, at very least in the immediate moment the first time around. There were actually multiple times throughout the movie where I'd catch myself sort of transported and just feeling like I was actually watching an ensemble of dancers performing choreography and singing on stage and sort of reminding myself that like, oh yeah, there's probably no mocap or anything. This is probably just all in computers. So I mean, hats off. I mean, that's pretty cinematic, at least as far as I'm concerned. I can't really think of another animated movie off the top of my head that has given me that particular kind of experience. And that's absolutely, you know, a testament to the combined efficacy of all the elements working together, the songs, the music, the animation, the choreography, etc. I thought the voice cast did a quality job for the most part, especially Ariana DeBose and Chris Pine as the two central characters in the movie, Asha and King Magnifico. With Asha as your sort of spunky, more modern heroine, dreaming of a better life while also coming to grips with the harsh reality that her beloved home isn't as it appeared all these years. There's a lot in here about truth versus the status quo and standing up to tyranny, especially when it's hard. Entrusting your hopes, your dreams, your vitality to systems greater than yourself for better or for worse. And in that sense, when you combine it with
with the main motif of wishes and the wishing star, it does coalesce into something that feels timely and timeless, with the major themes obviously being pertinent to the current moment, but you know, they're sort of always pertinent to all of the endeavor, the endeavor of, human, of history. human history. Chris Pine comes through with a villain who's both dastardly and charming in equal measure with some pretty delicious musical numbers to boot, complete with the green magic flourishes, love a good villain number, this movie's got them. And then you also have your requisite merch character, who in this case they've kind of split off into two characters, that being the wishing star as well as Valentino the talking goat. Star being a more fanciful physical presence, almost like a silent age character in a way, while Valentino is here to supply us with the non sequiturs and one-liners, and no shade to the character, no shade to Alan Tudyk, I was excited to hear him among the voice cast, he does fine work here, uh, and I'm sure plenty of people are still going to go out and buy the talking Valentino plushie or whatever it is. But just for my viewing experience, that particular thread of comedy just never really clicked in one way or another. His presence never really detracted from the movie, but it also just didn't really add anything for me either. It was kind of there. Um, but your results will vary. Who knows? Maybe you'll love them. There are also a ton of nods and references to various Disney classics of yesteryear. Some surprisingly subtle, others about as overt as you might expect. Although, to be fair, nothing quite approaching the shamelessness of Geppetto's branded wall of intellectual property clocks from the recent Pinocchio remake, so there's that. <laughs> I think my favorite was that Asha's, you know, little coterie of friends all in their own ways evoked the different seven dwarves. That was kind of a neat thing. I had to lean over to Wendy Lee during the movie and be like, am I crazy about this or... Or is there a... Yeah, okay. <laughs> Shouts out to the movie couple. Are some of the themes a bit on the nose? Yeah. Could certain character beats have benefited from a little extra breathing room, a little bit more finesse? Absolutely. But given who this movie has to communicate most clearly to, and just the vigor and vitality with which it orchestrates all of the rest of it, it didn't ultimately hamper or detract from or feel out of touch with the tradition, again, that this movie is seeking to embody, homage, and celebrate. Kind of feels like a review show of all those different elements just with new songs and characters to tie it all together and through that perspective I came out pretty dazzled feeling the magic appreciating the care and craftsmanship is it Disney's greatest film in a hundred years I don't know, man. I mean, you know, probably not, but who knows? Regardless of where it lands, I got a lot out of it. And if this is something you know is for you, I think you're going to as well. But anyhow, those are my thoughts. I've yammered on long enough. I'm going to put the old iPhone away, and we're going to go talk to some of the real creatives who brought this all to life. John? 48 hours later. Hello again, citizens of the Reject Nation. We're here in one of Walt Disney's authentic and lovely offices, and uh, we're going to be talking to Chris and Fawn, the co-directors of Wish, as well as Peter and Juan, the producers of Wish. Uh, let's jump into it. And I'm going to be super professional and refer to my questions just to keep things on track. <laughs> we know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. It's the first in-person I've done in a minute. First off, uh, Chris, Fawn, thank you guys so much for taking the time out to chat with us today. I, you know, I'm obviously the target demographic for this movie. Um, but I honestly, like, whilst watching it and expecting to at least have fun, I got real swept up in it. So I, first off, just congratulations, because especially for 100 years, Thank I mean, it's got to be quite a feat to pull it together. And and with that, you know, I'm, I'm quite curious, like, was the milestone, the centennial, was that something you were thinking about a lot while making this? Was that something that informed your approach, or were you mostly just trying to focus on the work and kind of leave that behind? Well, it, it informed, I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, we were always thinking about it. It, it did inform the approach because knowing that it was the 100th anniversary, we felt 
you know, we really wanted to pay respect to our legacy, mm -hmm. right? But also embrace the technology that we have today. So it was it, it, that came about in several things, and one of them was the look. Mm. How do we come up with a look that does that? So it was going back to Snow White, going back to Pinocchio, and those gorgeous watercolor. I was gonna say illustration yeah, the blend of animation styles and the charcoals and, and yeah. the photoreal certain elements like glass and things like that. Yeah. So going back to those things, and um, and then but but being able to use the the CG and the camera work that we can do today, mm. but not going overboard with it because there was an elegance to the to the, the older films, you know, and a restraint when it came, came to the camera. You didn't want to always zip around. Yeah. Yeah. There are times we use that, there are times we move, but there was also, we were very conscious of that, having that, we kept using the word elegance of the camera work. So um, I think that's that was, that was yeah. uh, definitely, that was always going through our heads, as you say, you know, throughout the whole movie. Beautiful. Another thing that kind of struck me, again, you know, alongside the animation and the tradition of all that, uh, multiple times, and I don't know if this was intentional, I found myself kind of feeling as if I was watching an actual staged musical ensemble and then reminding myself, oh, no, this is all probably in computer, not motion or performance captured or anything. Was that an intentional thing you kind of wanted to transport us to, or is that just a happy byproduct? Well, because of the aspect ratio we chose for this film, right, the cinemascope, the widest okay. screen possible, yeah. it, it provided us an opportunity and a challenge mm -hmm. to frame this movie differently than what we have done before. Mm -hmm. The last time that was used was Beauty, um, Sleeping Beauty. And that film is oh, wow. beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's like a milestone in, in um, how you compose a shot. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, mm -hmm. we want to, to give it our, our best and, yeah. and do that. And... Um, that lead us to certain shots we we would frame. We have philosophy of like if someone's in control, they're right in the center, sure. and if there's imaginative feeling going on, the camera will start to spin. Mm. So we have all these guiding principles that we share with our artists everywhere, and everyone's holding on to that from start to finish. I am so proud that we pulled this off. <laughs> Lovely. I, the first, I mean. You know, sticking within the, the traditions and all that, you know, you guys have, between the two of you, certainly done a lot with Disney and all that, and now you're co-directing together. You've, you know, directed a, a handful of these, and this, as I understand, is your sort of first mm -hmm. major directorial. Um, you know, what did you kind of glean from Chris's experience? And Chris, was there any moment where it was like, the student becomes the teacher, or, you know, this sort of fresh uh, perspective yeah. is, is sort of broadening your palette, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. We get to connect on, um, you know, the, the, the topics of when you have a passionate wish in your heart, what do you do about it? How do you go about it, right? And, and we um, look at our own lives and journey and are able to share with each other our story, which I find very special, mm -hmm. getting to know Chris more, and getting to work with Chris and see how he navigates certain things. You know, there'll be stuff that comes up that I feel like I'm very passionate about this topic, but sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to slow people down. This is a production, you know, the machine is going forward. <laughs> and Chris had taught me that if there's something in you that you're like hold near to your heart, just, just you know, stick with it, like put your foot down <laughs> and, and express that, not just keep it to yourself, express that to everyone because the solutions can come from surprising places. Sure. Mm -hmm. And you'd rather, you know, throw the idea out there or at least pursue it than regret not yeah. doing yes. that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so for me, it was uh, because we we come from different sort of creative backgrounds. Hers is more in the story end of it. Mine's more in the animation end of it. Mm. 
um, you know, there's so many times that I would really listen to Fawn and her, her, uh, just how she would get into the characters, get into the scenes and the, their motivations and really think about it. Because when you're storyboarding, you are really in the head of the character and your every move, why there's a camera move, why there's this. Um, and so she would bring that to the directing end of it and always think about those characters and always ask those questions, which was great. And sometimes, uh, you know, we both would, <coughs> she would ask the questions to the room and the room might go, I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. Let's figure that out. Let's come up with an answer. But it always made the, the story stronger and the characters stronger for that. So I was learning from that, that yeah. aspect. Lovely. I guess uh, they're giving me the wrap-up, but last but not least, I mean, this is a movie certainly filled with lots of loving nods and references to the swath of, you know, the Disney pantheon. Were there any of those that were, like, your particular baby that you wanted to make sure got a nod? <laughs> My favorite, and I don't know if you got to see the whole film all the way through the credits, I past the credits, yeah. there's a big nod at the very end. Okay. I don't know if you remember, okay, but yeah. it's past as the credits roll and are done. Mm. There's another. There's a tag at the end, okay. and that is my favorite. And I'm not gonna say what it is. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> <the credits. laughs> not just for Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you have one? It's, uh, it's it's not as grand as that, but I love Beauty and the Beast. And sure. uh, throughout this production, I kept wanting to put a cup that has a chip mark on it. Yeah. And I, yeah, and yeah. I just kind of like maybe this scene, maybe that scene, and those scenes keep. Getting like we we cut them and I'm like goodbye goodbye chip, <laughs> but at the end we found a place for it and and I I asked production like can we and they were like yes we will make that happen <laughs> put it right in on the screen I don't know if you saw it or not it's, but I when when I see it now I'm like yes thank yeah, you that's my, that's my <laughs> well beautiful guys thank you so much for for thank chatting you. with me I really really had fun with the movie and that's uh, great I wish you all the best thank, thank you. you thank you. It didn't work. When does the magic happen? Huh? I'm talking? I'm talking. Huh? Who knew my voice would be this low? One hour later. First of all, uh, I know I'm the target demographic for this movie, <laughs> and uh, I was really dazzled by it. Like, oh. honestly, I went in expecting to enjoy myself, and I got completely swept up like I was a kid. So, oh, first of all, just congrats oh, on a great, you. great uh, final product. And I'm very curious, you know, this is, uh, you know, you've both done a lot of notable work with Disney over the years. This is the centennial celebrating 100 years. What does that milestone mean to you, and did it foster any particular sort of guiding principle when assembling the teams and keeping everything on track for the vision of, of Wish? It's not lost on us. We're here at a very particular moment in time, and with that, you know, comes a lot of responsibility. And, and uh, But the joy is that everybody wanted to work on this project. Everybody wanted to be a part of celebrating the 100th anniversary. What was important to us 
us, the guiding principle was we wanted to make sure that we were telling an original story with original characters and original songs. That was most important. And that the movie should evoke all of the emotions of things that we like about the past Disney movies and words like, you know, hope and dreams and wishes and wishing on stars was very prevalent. We want to make sure that that, that was embodied in the film. Yeah, no, I think you, you did a terrific job at that. And, um, you know, moving on, you know, this is... Uh, obviously celebrating the swath of animation in terms of, you know, the various media and, you know, there's sketch and there's computer and there's stuff that looks like watercolor and things like that. How much of that was part of your vision, you know, for this? Did you have a very distinct idea of what you wanted the film to look like visually? Uh, well, no, yeah, well, what I would say is from very early on, our directors and production designers uh, knowing that this was the movie that uh, celebrated the 100th anniversary and it being a fairy tale, they wanted to allude to that. So they looked mm. to our first movies like Snow White and Pinocchio, which are also fairy tales, yeah. to bring in a little bit of that DNA. But we also wanted it to feel different and fresh. So our artists really worked with our technology team to push it forward. And this, I mean, this is, to me, you know, is telling both a very classic fanciful tale you've got this very innocent and very you know lovely idea of the wishes and the wishing star but you're also you know doing a very relevant cautionary tale about you know complacency and tyranny and entrusting your livelihood to systems beyond yourself what was your approach to kind of balancing those tones and making something that has all those timeless qualities but feels very pertinent mm -hmm. I mean we always say that we want our films to be both timely and timeless so, you know, these movies hopefully you know are watched you know generations so it has to stand on its own mm -hmm. uh, but the idea of wishes and you know uh, you should never you know give up on your wish you should certainly never let anybody control your dreams and your aspirations so that was an important part of the message absolutely uh, and another thing this is just a personal thing that that kind of struck me while watching the movie but I, I would catch myself multiple times while in one breath admiring the animation flourishes mm -hmm. also feeling like I was watching a live staged musical? Oh, is that something that you were striving for or is that just kind of a happy byproduct of the, you know? You know, I, I didn't really notice it until we were at the premiere watching with an audience. It did have that feeling and I think it was because, you know, the audience was clapping after every song and, yes. and laughing right along with <laughs> oh, the, yeah. so there was a palpable connection between the audience and the screen that, you know, it's it's a wonderful reminder of why we want to see these films in a theater. Sure. And I think the masterfulness of the writing both from our screenwriters, Jen and Allison and our songwriter Julia is 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 just phenomenal because they found a way that the songs really pushed the movie forward, yeah. right? So the songs are telling the story as well, and that's what a great stage musical yeah, does. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, obviously, this is celebrating and nodding directly to you know various you know the classic Disney stories sure. and whatnot. Were yeah. there any little moments or Easter eggs that you know you champion for in particular, <laughs> either one of you, where you're like, I gotta have my you know nod in here. <laughs> I think the only thing that, that we pushed for uh, is to make sure it felt organic to the storytelling. Sure. Mm. We didn't want it to just be about that, um, uh, and so I'm really happy with the way it's turned out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess my final question is, you know, so many of these stories focus, especially lately, focused in on a particular culture. And what I thought was interesting is Rosas is sort of a haven for many cultures. Yeah. And 
that felt like kind of a unique and 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 new way of incorporating and, and representing people on screen. How did you guys approach that quality for, of the movie? Well, it was very organic to the story because in the story we were creating a kingdom where people from all over came because who doesn't want to get their wish granted? So yeah, you yeah, would yeah. travel there no matter where you're coming from. And we also, we wanted it to be a fairy tale so it's a period piece in the medieval times mm-hmm. and we did our research. Uh, we wanted to feel like that Disney fairy tale so it had that European element but also to have that element of the story of people from all over the place we found that area in the Mediterranean actually did have people from different areas because it's between continents it's between the south of Europe and the north of Africa so we have an anthropologist help us with the world building and all of that so as all of our movies they're like this one is very much a fantasy place it's a believable world uh, but uh, but it is it is grounded in reality because you need to start somewhere Absolutely, it, yeah. it feels that way. I think you guys did a nice job okay. of, of collectively all of you, yeah. you know, yeah. bringing that to life. And uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, I really appreciate you taking Thank the time out to sure. talk to me. Really sure. enjoyed the movie, and uh, wish you luck on whatever's to come. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Appreciate it.